Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. reading from one verse of scripture in the book of Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 17 Proverbs chapter 17 verse number 17 the wise man writes a very profound statement when he says a friend loveth at all times and a brother born and a brother is born for adversity. A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. For the next few moments, I preach from this subject, a brother born for adversity. A brother born for adversity. Would you ask the Lord for His help now, Jesus? We ask you, Lord, in the next few moments that you'd help us the breaking of the bread of life, and God, that your word would be life and light to us, strength and help, dear God, that, Lord, it would guide our feet and make a path, dear God, for upon which that we can trod. We're asking you now, Lord, for that anointing in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and would you make a joyful sound of praise to the Lord one more time before we're seated here today. Somebody just make a sound of adoration. To Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you today, Lord. Thank you today. And you may be seated. God bless you. Praise God. How many is thankful for the Word of God? Anybody thankful for the Word of God? This precious book that we hold in our hands. I still like the solo book. I understand there's all kinds of apps, but I still like this book. Praise God. It just sets it apart from everything else. And in this book is the precious promises of the Lord. And we trust and we rely upon those promises that come from the pages of this book. We turn to this book for doctrine. Paul tells us that all scripture is profitable for doctrine. In other words, teaching, instruction, that which we, we learn of how, how God's plan unfolds and what He wants to do in our lives. We learn that from the pages of the Word of God. If you want to know about the doctrine of fallen man and God's plan for redemption, the Word of God will tell you about the fallen man and how redemption comes to him. If you want to know about the incarnation, God becoming a man. If you want to know about justification, the Lord taking my sins and taking them away and not giving me what I deserve, you can read about justification. If you want to know about the ongoing process of sanctification, God's work in our lives on a daily basis, you learn that from the doctrine of the Word of God. If you want to learn about the coming of the Lord, that great hope that you and I have, you can turn to the pages of the Word of the Lord. 
If you want to know about eternity, then you can find that within the pages of this precious book that we hold in our hands. In fact, Paul will go on to tell Timothy that if you want to become wise unto salvation, then you need to read the scriptures. For that tells us how to be saved and how to make our transition from this world to the world that is to come. But let me just pause this morning to say that the Word of God that you and I hold in our hand is far more than a collection of theological truths. It's far more than just a listing of doctrines and teachings. But within the pages of this book, we find some of the most practical stories of humanity about life and how they lived and how they existed with real life issues and how they overcame them. If you want to read about the reality of toil, read the Word of God and you'll read of of the toil that man goes through. If you want to read about fear, how man lived with that awful demon called fear, you can read about it in the Word of God. If you want to learn how man lived with struggle, you find it in Scripture. Sorrow, suffering, and pain. All of these things are stories that are given to us from Scripture that tells us there is a reality in life. In fact, Scripture does not sugarcoat life to us at all. In fact, Job says it like this. He said, man that is born of woman is a few days and it's full of trouble. This is the raw reality of life, that life has trouble and life has difficulties. In fact, Scripture gives to us the graphic detail of this, but it lets us know that trouble will come to all men. Regardless of who they are and what time period that they live in, the wise man said it like this, that there's nothing new under the sun. So the deal, the things that you and I are dealing with today, the the trouble, the difficulty, the anxiety, the, the turmoil, the frustrations, the fear, the struggle, that's not new to the 21st century. That has always been because as long as humanity exists, you and I will have to deal with trouble. Now our text this morning presents to us a a, a condition of life that is called adversity. Adversity seems to kind of raise the bar a little bit and put this whole idea of the complexity of trouble and difficulty in a whole new arena for when you deal with this word adversity you're dealing with the oppressive state of physical, mental, social and economic difficulty. You're dealing with distress, calamity, anguish that, uh, that, that focuses on not just the trouble itself but the, the emotion that that trouble creates in our life and probably from one side of this building to the other we could say that we have dealt with not just trouble but we have dealt with adversity we've not just dealt with difficulty but we have dealt with the emotional pain that difficulty and trouble 
brings to us. And understand that the book of Proverbs, it's, it's a very interesting book because it, it presents life as, as this process. If you read the opening chapters of the book of Proverbs, it's a, it's a daddy trying to teach his boy moral principles, trying to teach his son right from wrong. And the book opens up from there and it begins to deal with work obligations and time crunches and personal relationships and home responsibilities and how to deal with just the practical aspects of life. And then right in the middle, while life is unfolding with raising the kids and the work and the home and and people relationships and all All of these things that come upon us in our everyday responsibility, he introduces us to this word adversity. So not only am I dealing with just the responsibilities of life, not only am I just uh, dealing with trying to, to raise the kids and teach them right from wrong. And I'm not just dealing with, with going to work, punching the clock every morning and, and punching out every evening. I'm not just dealing with time crunches. I'm not just dealing with home responsibilities. Now there is this extra weight to life called adversity that weighs upon us. And this brings a complexity to life. And it brings a difficulty to life because now not only do I have the rat race of life I've got all of this emotional stress that is pushing down upon us and we won't take a poll this morning because it's likely to be unanimous that some phase or another many of us are dealing with this emotional pressure this anxiety of adversity that is pushing down upon us but aren't you thankful you've got the word of God I am thankful in the hour that I live right now that I've got the Word of God because there's something about this book. Paul writes about it in Romans chapter 15 and verse number 4 when he says, What of the things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. And so in these moments of turmoil and this moment of of difficulty and emotional pain and emotional stress, I go back to the pages of the Word of God and I open this sacred book and in prayer I begin to pray and God begins to enlighten and God begins to bring out of those pages things that begin to speak into our life. My my study Bible that is on my desk that I, I, I have used for many, many years that it'll have dates beside of various verses and in columns and those dates often stand for moments when I have went to God in prayer in struggle and in times of adversity when my mind felt overwhelmed and, and I felt the heaviness of life and suddenly a verse and it may have been a very familiar verse it may have been a very familiar passage but it was as if God spotlighted it and, and it just kind of leaped out of of that column of scriptures and God began to speak to me out of it and I would just write a date beside of it and that date stands for the moment that God just kind of spoke into my life and said hey I know where you're at and I know what's going on and I know what kind of difficulty you've got in your life and I understand the pain that you're feeling
healing and let me give you a word from my, my word that will help you and guide you and strengthen you. May I tell you that this book will tell us that we don't need to allow fear to rob us of our harvest. This book will tell us that weeping cannot prevent the morning from coming. This book will tell us that darkness cannot hold back the light. This book will tell us that heaviness can be exchanged for the garment of joy and gladness. This book will tell us that my head can be lifted up in spite of all of my troubles. And so I challenge us on this Sunday morning that we ought to peruse its pages. We ought to meander its chapters. And we ought to find the strength and the hope and the comfort that the Word of God brings to us. Aren't you glad for the Word of God and the strength you find in the pages of the Word of God? And yet, the comfort I find and the strength I find in this book, it's pages that I turn Many of them are sometimes ragged and they've lost their ability to stay in the binding and I have to push them back into place. And and the, the comfort that I find there, there's sometimes that I need something a little more. I need more than just the book and I need more than just the, the, the strength of the Scripture that I find there. There are some times that I just need a friend. There's sometimes I just need a friend. Oh, I'm thankful for the book. I get up in the night and I go and I open its pages and I, I, I meander through it until I feel God just kind of enlightens it. But there's, there's sometimes, there's sometimes I just need a friend. Somebody said it like this, I don't need therapy. I just need a friend. And uh, there's sometimes I just need somebody to come along beside of me and say, I'm here. I'm just, I'm just here. There's sometimes I just need that. I find strength in that book. I find comfort in those pages. But there's, there's just sometimes in life, there's sometimes I just need someone to come along and just say, I need a friend. I just got to have a friend. Does anybody besides me ever just kind of feel that way from time to time? I just need a friend. I just, just need somebody that I, I know's there. I just need somebody that I know that'll sit down beside of me and just, just kind of hear me out. Just listen to me babble a little bit and just, just empty it all out. I just need a friend every once in a while just somebody to come along now I may be your pastor but I need a friend every once in a while I gotta have a friend now I have a lot that'll come in and sit down beside of me and say I need a friend but every once in a while I need somebody to come in and sit down and say I need a friend and I want to be your friend and and I want you to be my friend because everybody every once in a while has got to have a friend. Somebody look at your neighbor and just say, I, I need a friend every once in a while. Got to have a friend. I, 
I need a friend. There's something about that companionship. There's something about that closeness that, that we have. And the psalmist in pouring out his pitiful condition laments not just the pain of his suffering, but in Psalms chapter 88 and verse number 18 after talking about the heartache of life and the pain of life and the suffering of life and the difficulty of life. He says, lover and friend hast thou put far from me and my acquaintance in darkness. He said, I got all this mess going on and I got all this difficulty but I don't have a friend I don't have an acquaintance I don't have somebody that will come along beside of me and just sit there with me and talk to me about life and life's problems and life's difficulties but as much as you and I need a friend turn to your neighbor and say I need a friend Every once in a while, in spite of needing a friend, can I tell you something about friends? You may not know this. This will probably be rather revelatory to some folks. But let me, let me tell you something about a friend. A friend can be rather fickle. Now, some of you haven't found that out yet. You haven't discovered that. But friends can be rather fickle. In fact, at times, friends can prove very disloyal. At times, friends can, can, can depart from us in our greatest point of need. Now, our scripture text says this morning that a friend loveth at all times, but I stand in a moment of debate with the wise man to say, not always does a friend love. There are sometimes I've had friends walk out on me. There's times that I've had friends depart from me at my greatest moment of need. Job can kind of relate to that when he's sitting on the ash pile and he's got a bunch of confusing stuff going on in his life and a bunch of stuff he doesn't understand. He's got three friends. Scripture identifies them as friends. And Job will even say later, man, if you guys are friends, I'm in bad shape uh, because these friends prove to be disloyal. These friends proved to not really support Job and instead they indicted and they brought judgment upon him and they brought, uh, they brought uh, the heap of condemnation upon him and Job said you know what sitting here in this ash pile I need somebody besides these miserable comforters that are looking at me I need a friend David can relate to this David in his greatest moment of sorrow sits down in the ashes of Ziklag after it's been burned and his family's been taken away from him and his, his men has deserted him. Understand who these men were. The Bible says they were men that were in debt. They were men that were distressed. They were men that were discontent and they joined themselves to David and David had helped them. David had come along beside of them. David had given them victories they never thought they could have but suddenly in David's greatest point of need his friends walked out on him 
and they left him. In fact, they even talked of stoning him. Now, how would you like to have some friends like that that just just turned their back and would like to, to stone you? But can I tell you today, when you're talking about Jesus Christ, you're talking about what the wise man went on to elaborate about in Proverbs 18 and 24 when he said, There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, there may be in the natural realm friends that walk out on you, but can I tell you, Jesus will never walk out on you. There may be friends in the natural world that are disloyal, but Jesus will never be disloyal to you. There may be friends that want to stone you at your greatest point of need, but may I tell you, Jesus will not offer the stones, but He'll offer the arms of comfort to put them around. So when times I need a friend, I'm thankful that He can come along beside of me and sit down and say, I'll be your friend. And I'll stick with you through the hardest points of life and the most difficult hours and the moments when it's the darkest and you don't know your way through and the valley is longer than you thought it was going to be and the giant's taller than you imagined it to be. I'll stick with you. Has anybody found it true that Jesus will just be a friend that'll stick with you no matter where you go? But our text this morning takes it just a little higher. He says, a friend, in Proverbs 17 and 17, loveth at all times. A friend loveth at all times. And yet, two people agreeing together to stand with one another is, is a great thing. It's a powerful thing. We, we, we read of David and Jonathan who were Friends like no other could have friends. And Jonathan, who was the son of King Saul, and King Saul, who's an enemy of King David, and one, or, or David, who's been anointed to be king, is, and he wants to kill him. And Jonathan, his son, comes along beside of David, and he says, I tell you what, I just want to be your friend. And so in, in 1 Samuel 18 and 1, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own. And Jonathan and David in verse 3 made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Now that kind of friendship is a wonderful thing to have. But the wise man takes it just a little higher in Proverbs 17 and 17 when he said a friend loveth at all times. And then he adds a brother is born for adversity. He said there is one born of your own flesh. And because of the fleshly connection, he understands the toll and the adversity and the difficulty like no other understands it. You see, I can have friends. I, I have a friend right now that, uh, that we, we've talked over the years periodically, uh, not not often, not near as often as we should, but when we do talk we, we make up for it and I'll call him or he'll call me and we'll spend uh, a long time, an hour or better just talking and conversing and, and uh, we, we reach out just ever so many months to each other. He called me just before Christmas and uh, 
I, we, was, we was away with our family and I saw the number and I picked it up and darted into another room and, so that I could take just a moment to visit with my friend. And as he began to talk, I knew his voice was weak and he, he said, Kevin, he said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the hospital. I said, oh, Bob, I'm so sorry to hear that. He said, he said my cancer's come back. And he said, my lungs are full of fluid. And he said, they're trying to drain the fluid off of my lungs. And, and uh, he said, the, the cancer is spreading in my lungs. He had, had, he had had cancer in his thigh several years back. And they had got all of it, they thought. But now it's come back in his lungs. And, and we, we begin to talk and converse. And he said, I'm going to be going home next, tomorrow. And, and uh, hospice is coming in. And, and they're going to begin to take care of me. And as I sat yesterday at the desk and was preparing this, I I just picked up the phone and thought I'll I'll call my friend and I called and his wife answered the phone and she said we got company can can Bob call you back in a moment and I said sure and he called me back in just a, just a little while and I could tell on the phone that that he was in a very weakened state and and that his voice was trembly and he couldn't hardly get the sound out and I held him for just a moment and I said well Bob I just wanted to call and let you know I'm thinking about you and, and that we love you and Monette and and uh, we're, we're we're praying for you and uh, I, I'm here anything you need you you give me a call and I'll do my best to to make it happen and as much as I want to be a friend to Bob as much as I want to try to help him I I really I can't relate because I've never had cancer in my lungs I've never laid helpless on a hospital bed facing a time clock I I I don't know what that feels like I I can come along beside a Bob and I can try to offer him encouragement and I can read a few passages of Scripture with him and I have and and I've read to him the 23rd Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he said, yeah, I, I believe that. And yesterday on the phone he said, he said, you know, he said, I'm just not going to give up on a miracle. I said, we're not, Bob. We're, we're not going to give up on a miracle. But all I can be is just a friend, but I don't understand his pain. I don't know I don't know what he's dealing with. I, I can sit beside of him and I can try to reach out on the phone. And, but I, I really don't know because I've not been there. I, I can be present, but I've not really felt it. But what Bob needs, he needs a, a brother that's born for adversity. He needs one that was born for that moment. Can I tell you that God is more than my friend that comes along beside of me and sits and holds my hand and offers warm words of comfort. He's more than a friend that offers me a verse from now, heaven now and then that inspires my mind. But I'd like to introduce to you on this Sunday morning that my God is my brother that is born for adversity. One of the greatest doctrines of Scripture is the doctrine of the incarnation. God 
God Himself, God who is a spirit, becoming a man and taking upon Him a body, taking upon Him flesh and becoming like you and I. And in that moment of incarnation, when God, that God who is all by Himself God, none before Him and none after Him, when He comes to earth and He takes on that tabernacle of flesh he now enters into the same DNA that you and I deal with he enters into the same body molecules that you and I deal with the same frustrations of flesh he now says I know in flesh what they're dealing with and the writer of the book of Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 11 says both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one for which cause he's not ashamed to be called or to call them brethren and he writes on in Hebrews 2 and 14 for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he also likewise took part of the same Hebrews 7 and 26 says we have a high priest that became us he's now not just a friend that walks up and sits down beside of us he's now not just a friend that comes along and says here let me hold your hand in the time of adversity and problem but now he's my brother that's taken on my flesh so when I say I hurt he says I understand I hurt also when I say I feel the weight of it he says I understand I have felt it in my body that's what the incarnation's all about it's about God becoming man so he can identify with the fleshly struggles that you and I are in he's a brother that is born for adversity that's why scripture writes on in Hebrews 4 and 15 we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling the feeling of our infirmities. I can't feel what Bob feels. I just can't. I don't know what he's going through. I don't understand that. I've not laid there. I've not felt that in my body. I've not dealt with those conditions. I I, I can stand beside of him and I can pray for him. I can say you're not alone. I'm with you. I'll be there. I'm going to stand with you and your wife but only God can come along and say in my flesh I bore everything you bear in my flesh I felt everything you feel in my flesh I've experienced everything you experience in my flesh I've suffered everything that you have suffered That's what makes the writing of the book of Revelation so powerful. When John the Revelator writes, and when he says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. John, as he writes to those churches, he says, I'm not just your companion. I'm not just one that comes along beside of you, but I'm your brother. I'm feeling the same thing you're feeling. I'm in the thick of the mess that you are in. So when God 
became man. Isaiah writes that in Isaiah 53 and 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. So when I say I'm sick, he says, I have already felt that in my flesh. And when I say that I feel the weight and the load, he says, I already carried it in my body. I'm telling you, you're not alone in this present world. You got a brother that was born for your adversity that you're in right now. So when you walk that lonely road and you walk that difficult moment and you walk that place of of, of heartache and pain, he comes along beside of me and he says, I understand. I feel it. I have bore it. I've experienced it. I know what you're going through. And it's in that moment that I feel my greatest strength. It's in that moment that I feel my greatest comfort. Can I tell somebody on this Sunday morning, you are never, never, somebody say never, somebody say never, somebody say never. In fact, when you read it in Hebrews 13 and 5, the original says it was repeated five times. He has said, I will never, never. Never, never, never leave thee nor forsake thee. But I'm going to be right there with thee because I'm your brother born for the adversity that you're in right now. So whatever road you walk, whatever path you trod, whatever valley you traverse, whatever difficulty you deal in, friends may walk far and wide away They may turn their back, but I feel the strength of my brother that is born for my adversity coming along beside of me saying, I understand. I have felt it. I feel it. I bear it in my body. And I'm going to help you through this moment. I haven't done it in a long time. used to be something quite frequent that I did. I remember in the trailer when we evangelized it was an 8 by 40. That don't mean that it was actually 40 foot living space. That counted the tongue and the bumper. So it was smaller than that. You could look from one end of that trailer to the other. And I didn't have oftentimes a lot of places to go when I needed to get up at night. So I'd find the middle spot of the trailer between our bedroom in the back and the boys' bedroom that was on the front. I'd walk to the middle somewhere about where the refrigerator was at and I'd lay over on the refrigerator and I'd say God I can't feel God have you in those moments in that little trailer I'd feel the presence of God walking leaned up against that refrigerator I'd feel my brother coming along beside of me he said I know what you feel it was about 5 o'clock this morning and I couldn't sleep 
got up the parole barn. Slipped out the door. Tried to quietly close it behind me. I got a little more room than a trailer now. I don't have to keep my voice quite as still. So I began circles in that house. Praying. Just as I came to the corner of the kitchen from the hall, I felt this impulsive need to just lay over against the wall, lay my head against that wall. I said, God, I got it. And in the darkness of that night, I felt a brother born for adversity been beside of me said I know I felt it too because what I need sometimes more than a friend I need a brother born for my adversity they can't just offer me an encouraging word I've already done that. I've already felt it. And I'm going to help you. Can I tell you on this Sunday morning that there is no adversity in this building that he hadn't already experienced. There's no difficulty in this room right now that he hasn't already carried in his body. And so he comes along beside he wraps his arms around us. And he says, you know what? I'm your brother. Born for adversity. No wonder he said in John 14 and 18, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will. I'll come to you. He said in Matthew 28 and 20, he said, lo, I'm with you always. Even unto the end of the world. A brother born. That's why he came into this world. So that he would slip his arms around us and say, I understand the pain. I understand the emotion. I have felt it all. I have bore it upon my body. And I'll never leave you alone. No, never alone. Whatever path I walk, whatever valley I take, whatever hill I climb, I have more than a friend. I have a brother comes right along beside of me says I was born for this adversity I've already felt it would you lift your hands with me all across this building I feel the presence of the Lord across this sanctuary right now I feel a brother that is born for adversity walking in this place doesn't matter what you're dealing with it doesn't matter what you're 
struggling with right now. There's one in this room at this precise moment that knows exactly what you're feeling, what you're experiencing. And he said, I've already bore it in my body and I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to cover you. Would you stand with me across the building, across the sanctuary, and would you just close your eyes and to tilt your face toward the Lord. Would you just let Him speak into our hearts right now and to our soul? There you go now. I feel the presence of the Lord moving across this building right now. The hand of God stretching across this place. I feel our brother born for adversity walking in this building. He says, I know what you're dealing with. I know the pain. I know the hurt. I know the suffering. I know the confusion. I know it all. I'm coming along beside of you. I was born for this adversity. I was born for this moment that you're in right now. I was born for this hour that you're standing in right now. Would you do it with me now? Would you just reach out and let Him envelop you all across this building? No one can touch me now. Yes. In the room. Hard hand, can touch Jesus. If you feel the touch of the Lord on your heart today and you feel God just pulling at your soul, would you just kind of step from where you're at down the aisle toward this altar right now? And would you present yourself to Him and say, God, you were born for this moment that I'm in right now. You were born for the hour that I'm walking in. You were born. You've already been here. You've already bore it. You've already dealt with it. You've already experienced it. And I need you, Lord. I need you to come along beside of me now. I need you to step in to my world. I need you to step into my heart. Oh, that's it. He's a brother that's born for our adversity today. He's a brother that understands the deepest, darkest moments of our life. Oh, that's it. That's it now. Jesus can. There you go now. Jesus can. Now would you let him reach his hand all the way down from glory? Would you let him lay it on you here today?
You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.